さぞかし男を泣かしたんだろうなうんそっしょなあ何人泣かしたんだえEverybody, welcome to Generation Lost, the show about movies featuring Bryn and Jeremy. That doesn't take itself too seriously. And today we are in the last week of Fuck Brewery from the Dark Council. Uh, this is all about fucking, and and I think appropriately called Fuck Brewery uh, because um, not all of these were passionate romantical a lot of no. them were pretty gross and weird fucking um <laughs> uh way more than they i was expecting more body heats mm -hmm. um but we've got another less sexy sex movie uh this month or this uh, week i should say yeah i guess so. there's, well, some, well, there's some sexy stuff but uh, yeah i don't know we'll talk about it we'll get, uh, to, it. <laughs> we'll get to it um i i think fuck has been a fun month though I mean, yeah, I think it's I've definitely enjoyed it. Um, it's an interesting, like, uh, it's been an interesting, like, uh, not genre, but I guess, like, uh, I don't know, set of movies uh, to be thinking about and watching. Like, I, I don't necessarily think there's a lot of connective tissue between all of these. Well, except for the fucking. Except for the fucking. <laughs> Which uh, is an interesting uh, thread. Mm -hmm. How How is sexuality rendered in film? And I, I feel like, I feel like Body Heat was the one that most struck me as like, wow, they do not make movies this uh -huh. horned up anymore. Like I have, yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen a movie that was like, we're going to like go all in on the passion like, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and just try to make you feel that. I, th I found that to be a really interesting experience and uh, would like to see more movies like that. If you, uh, want to recommend me one hey recommend me more horny movies well yeah because it's like there isn't a lot of like it's not explicit like this movie we're about to talk about this week is is explicit unsimulated fucking mm -hmm. um but doesn't make me feel like for me i wasn't like i didn't feel much from that sure. looking at it uh maybe it's because it's from the 60s or whatever but like maybe uh I also just I don't maybe know maybe because of your racial prejudices. <laughs> yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm bravely anti-Asian women. <laughs> 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 That's not true. I'm joking. Um, stop Asian hate. Stop Asian hate. You should be getting horned up. <laughs> it's you're doing Asian hate <laughs> if you don't get horned up when you watch in the realm of the senses. Yeah. That may be true. Uh, well, we'll talk about it uh, when we get there. Um, before we get there, Jeremy, what did you watch this week? Bryn, thanks for asking. You are so welcome. So I have, um, as as discussed, I've been introducing Nico to movies. And uh, now as, uh, as a new homeowner and soon hey, to be homeowner. mover, uh, I'm going to be moving pretty soon. So I got to pack a whole fucking lot. So Nico's been watching a lot of TV, a lot mm -hmm. of movies. And uh, luckily for me, he's really taken a shine to the uh, to the Miyazaki movies, and uh, he had a great great time this week watching with me Ponyo, the 2008 uh, Japanese animated film by Miyazaki. Um, and he watched it, in fact, three times, and I watched it with him one and a half times. So I actually feel pretty fucking three times. He watched it three times, yeah, this past week. Oh my god! He keeps asking for it. He loves it. 
Um, I got him to watch Kiki's Delivery Service, which I did not watch with him, so I don't know what goes on in that movie. But uh, he, <laughs> you he didn't loves Ponyo, and he <laughs> wants to watch it all. So he talks about it. Like He'll ask me, like, you know, like kids his age, like their brains work in very funny ways where like he doesn't really understand the difference between like movie and, and real life. He doesn't understand like he'll ask the same question over and over and over again, like expecting different answers, but getting the same one every time and then just continue on asking it. Right. Like, for example, uh, in the morning when I drive him to school for the past month, every time we pass this one parking garage in front of a Wells Fargo office building, he'll ask me can we park in there? And I'll say, no, we don't work at Wells Fargo. <laughs> and then he'll ask me again the next day and it, on it goes. Sorry. Why, and, why um, does he want to park at Wells Fargo? I don't know. He's just interested in the idea of a parking garage and he'd never really been in one. Before oh, he oh I see. There. He's like, can we go in there? I, yeah, I says, had that literally growing up in Los Angeles. I absolutely was like, can we go in there? Yeah, absolutely. I want to go in you there. You see the same buildings every day, and I'm like trying to explain to him, like, no, you don't get to go in every building. You don't get to know every person. Like, we'll like pass a Come house, on, and Jeremy. he'll be like, he'll be like, I love <laughs> that house, and he'll be like, who lives in there? And I'll be like, I don't know. And he'll be like, why don't you know? And I'm like, I don't know that person. I'll probably <laughs> never know that person. <laughs> That's just how life is sometimes. <laughs> You're not going to know everybody. You're not going to meet everybody. You're not going to read every book. You're not going to see every movie. There's always going to be something left on the table when you die. And um, that's true. Anyway, this is all a roundabout way of saying that now Nico's big thing is he asks me what Ponyo would do in certain situations. What would like, Ponyo do in certain if, situations? If I ask him, like, what do you want for dinner? He'll say, what would Ponyo want for dinner? Ham. Ponyo <laughs> wants ham. ham. Ponyo wants ham. Yes. <laughs> So anyway, folks at home, if you've not seen Ponyo, uh, it tells the story of Ponyo, a little fish uh, who has a little human face. Ponyo on the cliff. uh, And Sosuke, who is a little boy who lives on a little cliff with his mom. And his uh, dad is like a he's like a captain in the Japanese Navy or maybe he's like a fisherman. Uh, He has some reason for being out on a boat all the time and he's never home. Mm -hmm. Not until the end of the movie. And uh, so Ponyo is a little fish comes out of the ocean. Uh, Sasuke uh, takes her into like a little jar and takes her home. She drinks a little bit of his blood that he like cuts on a little jar that he breaks. And um, uh, yeah, so this like initiates some sort of magic that allows her to um, become human. So she kind of like uh, she becomes obsessed with the idea of being human. She wants to be human. She grows little legs and arms and then she makes herself into a person. Meanwhile, her dad, the uh, king of the ocean or whatever the fuck, uh, he's like uh, <laughs> Fujimoto. The wizard. Fujimoto. Yeah, he's like the king of the ocean or something. He's some sort of magical creature. Uh, hilarious, weird character played by Liam Neeson in the English dub. Incredibly. Yeah. D- like the first time I heard him, I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and then like the more I watched it, the more I was like, okay, you know what? I'm kind of really, I'm kind of really feeling this. It's ridiculous. Yeah, he's great. He's Liam Neeson though. I mean, like there's yeah. no point in the movie where you're like, that's not Liam Neeson. It's always Liam Neeson, you know? <laughs> but he does a really great job. Uh, so he's this weird character who is trying to get Ponyo back uh, into the sea because apparently, and, and, they kind of play this off at the beginning like it's bullshit. But um, <laughs> this old lady who uh, who Sasuke's mom uh, takes care of, she's like, you've got to throw that thing back. Don't you know when a fish has a human face and you take it out of the water, it causes a tsunami? <laughs> yeah. And everybody's like, shut up, bitch. You fucking idiot. <laughs> Meanwhile, everybody treats the like fish with a human face like it's normal. It's one of those things where like when you watch anime for long enough but don't have any sort of like connection to Japanese culture at all, there's all these things that you constantly are shrugging off where you're just like, I don't know. I guess it's just a Japanese thing. Probably, Matt. Probably they get it. <laughs> probably some sort of cultural thing I don't get. Maybe there's some sort of a thing in Japan where if you take a fish out of the ocean, it causes tsunami. I don't know. Whatever it treats this fish with a human face like it's normal, like it's a fish. And um, and anyway, so um, yeah, so, you know, uh, Fujimoto's trying to take Ponyo back into the ocean so that it doesn't cause a tsunami. There's like a rift in the magic and, and real world. Uh, and then uh, Ponyo's mother um, is uh, 
like the goddess of love and mercy or something like that, which again, like somebody just sees her and says, Oh, it's the goddess of love and mercy. (laughs) (laughs) Again, probably something in Shinto that I just don't get. Um, Yeah. And uh, uh, yeah. So I guess like, because uh, Sasuke loves uh, Ponyo, it allows her to be a human uh, forever. And at some point there is a tsunami and it does like flood their whole town. And there's like a whole little adventure where Sasuke and Ponyo have to like get from one cliff to the other to get to his mom. Uh, Really beautiful movie. uh, Gotta say. Oh Um, yeah. It's definitely like of the Miyazaki movies that I've seen. It is the like hands down the most child uh, focused. Like it's the one that very clearly is the most intended for kids to watch. Uh, but I love it. I think it's really fun. It's really cute. Uh, Me personally, I think that Ponyo is the most underrated. Mm. Like I think I think that Totoro and Kiki are like more popular, mm-hmm. and like people talk about them more, and I see people thinking about them. But I think Ponyo is definitely better than them. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- I kind of think Ponyo is better than Spirited Away. Interesting. Um, I gotta rewatch Spirited Away. Which is but like the, in like what way do you think it's better? Popular. Like you think like as like like every element of it, you think like the, I just think the, it, I like... think it looks better. I think the characters are more fun mm-hmm. um, and cute, and I think it's a more emotional, like emotionally affecting when when I've mm. when I saw it. Um, I just thought that like what the movie's trying to get across, um, is really sweet and beautiful. Yeah. It is a really sweet, really beautiful movie. The animation is fucking incredible. And it's like one of those, like, it's, 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 I mean, I feel like you think this a lot when you watch Miyazaki movies. And this one in particular, I feel like I was thinking about it a lot where I'm like, it is so absolutely like mind bending to consider like how many different ways this guy can like, I mean, and and it's his whole company, like it's his whole creative team, but he's the curator. He's the mind at the, at the top of it. But it's like the way that this man can like can can wield fantasy and whimsy like it is a fucking like it's a screwdriver and like, <laughs> like your mind and your mind is a screw. You know what I mean? It's like it's it's the the ease with which he wields it yeah. is just unfucking believable. You know, like the way that like you know thinking of this compared to Spirited Away, th- there's such different movies in every conceivable way. Like like the themes of them like the 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 detail level the 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 art style the intended audience but both of them are like within this sort of like um like uh magical realist japanese sort of spirit but they're i don't know i mean it's 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 it, he's just such an impressive filmmaker and i think i mean obviously people who are into anime know by now Miyazaki fucking rocks and if anything you're a little tired of people who aren't into anime saying Miyazaki rocks but I feel <laughs> like I feel like he goes underrated overall like I think that you know I despite think, the yeah, fact I that agree. like normies love him I think but that I mean, they don't I, love him enough I, I think I, that I normies agree. do not treat him as what he should be treated as which is a filmmaker on the level of serious filmmakers like like scorsese you know like like kubrick like like i i I think i think that his oeuvre is like on the level of kubrick and who i consider possibly one of the the best filmmakers all time absolutely the best one um Um, so yeah he should be treated as a much more like he should be much more revered than he is but i also think that anime people should be treating him with more respect as well because i do think that there is sort of this like reactive thing that anime people do where they're like ah, normies love this stuff but they don't know the real stuff yes they do they they can <laughs> like there's a reason why this stuff transcends culture despite being the most japanese shit on fucking earth you know like yeah it's when one you of watch spirited where... away like every single thing in there is some sort of japanese cultural you know uh, th- like it, it is actual stuff from Shinto. It's actual stuff from Japanese folk culture, but an American audience can watch it and get it deep in their little bones. You know, like there's something Absolutely. just very impressive about the ability to, to, to just like get something so drilled in that like 
it just transcends your your extremely specific culture because Japan is such a fucking specific culture, you know. There's no other. <laughs> there's it is a. Uh... It is one of the most specific cultures there are in terms yeah. of like the the history of it mm-hmm. uh, being mired in like very late, very very late uh, monarchism, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then like directly evolving into fascism. Yeah, and then immediately being the only country, a tiny island that has been responsible for genocide just getting fucking nuked literally the only country mm-hmm. that's ever been nuked and then and then invaded by america one yeah. of the worst cultures of all time and then just mm-hmm. like all of this like thousands of years of history melding with <laughs> whatever we have yeah uh it's it's and weird hundreds of those years are literally like isolated from the rest of the world by like order of the monarchy you know by like enforced with military might you know like isolated from the world so there's like this whole aspect of it where like you know shinto is so crazy because of the fact that like they weren't allowed to be influenced by anything else and shinto wasn't allowed to leave japan so it's like this whole like I, I don't know. It's 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 fascinating to have this like isolated bubble culture that is so detailed and so like art oriented and so folk you know folklore oriented and then like out of nowhere america's just like oh by the way here's all the tools you need to make movies and cartoons and stuff go wild and they're like <laughs> like with we have no other choice <laughs> <laughs> like with like lovecraftian force like mm-hmm. being dragged into modernity yeah. uh being born into darkness it's so weird i could yeah i definitely like think there is not enough media even from japan or america like dealing with how strange japanese culture is i know um and but it also feels at the same time like very passe to say japan is weird but boy is japan fucking weird (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i get i get why people are weebs like Mm -hmm. especially because as americans we have like a direct line into the heart of why it's so weird yeah um and it's our our fault twice you yeah, know? our <laughs> There's history. Two different times we did that. <laughs> our history is deeply entwined with it, so uh-huh. it makes a lot of sense. It's still really weird. Um, yep. Uh, so that's what I have to say about Ponyo, Bryn. But I agree. I was gonna say I think anime mm. is trash. Like, yeah, I think at its definition, it feels like anime was like cheap, quick Japanese entertainment and Mm -hmm. i often kind of feel like like it's one of those things where i don't want to be like anime has to trend like transcend something like like cartoons from japan need to transcend anime but i do think kind of calling miyazaki like anime is almost a little bit insulting it's a little reductive yeah i i feel Uh i feel like trying to be like sword art online and Princess Mononoke is the same is like part of the same part on. of the same tradition they yeah. are. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really think they're the same. I think that that like I don't know. I think Miyazaki is better than Disney and more important mm-hmm. than Disney and it's just like I mean even though he was inspired by him. Um I think he's an incredible filmmaker and technician uh on like I think Otomo, if anybody gave him any money, would be on that level. But like besides mm. that, there's like not really. It's a, it's amazing, and I and I don't know, I don't know. I think I think anime fans are a little tired of Miyazaki praise because they don't actually like film. <laughs> like mm. they don't actually want to like think of think about stuff and witness like beautiful technical animation. They want slop of like little boys fighting each other on motorcycles or whatever. Yeah. Or like, like the girl version of that, whatever, you know, like <laughs> little boys <laughs> figure skating and, I, yeah, and there's, almost there's, kissing, but not quite. <laughs> there's some other like soap opera trash that they are gobbling and being like, this mm-hmm. is actually better. Uh, this is better than American media. Right. <laughs> Witness so, how Yuri doesn't kiss his senpai. <laughs> It gets very uh, close. Did <laughs> agonizingly I... <laughs> so? <laughs> it's so lame. I can't handle. It's like I, I like some anime. 
I do. I love a lot of anime. I love a lot of anime, but it's uh, a lot of it is such trash. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, uh, did I tell you about Pokemon Concierge? No. Pokemon Concierge is uh one thing I watched this week. Um, and it is four episodes long. They're very short. I think they're all like eleven minutes long. If you are looking at the images right now, it is not CGI. It is actual stop motion. And it's incredible. Um, I like this. This is something you should definitely have uh, Nico watch. Oh, you better believe. I mean, I'm fucking watching this (laughs) because I'm doing a Pokemon-based City Skylines project now. (laughs) So the idea of this show is that there is a um, resort that is for Pokemon to chill and relax Mm. and not fight and get some rest away from all the fighting they have to do. And this woman named Haru, um, we don't really get to see what happened in her life, but she's clearly gone through some shit. She like broke up with her boyfriend or fiance or something and lost her job. And Mm. now she's like, I just want to go somewhere where I can help. And she goes to get a job at the Pokemon resort. And the first two episodes, well, a lot of the ep- the first four episodes are functionally about her. It, it Okay, so first of all, before I tell you what's good about it, I just want to mention the things that are bad, which is this is very for kids. Sure. Um, This is not a show that you can really watch as an adult and not be like, it, it's not babies. it's not adventure time, right? It's not like sure. we're, tr- we're trying to do both. It's really for kids. It's like a Blue's Clues level. No, no. It's like a, it's Bluey level, I'd say. Um, I like Bluey. I know. I, I'm not saying it's <laughs> bad, I, I, but it is clearly for children. Sure. Um, and that's good. But it looks stunning, though. I, I can't I, I can't I can't express how stunning it looks and how consistently like I've watched the first two episodes twice just because mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I was like, I want to look at that again. Um, it looks beautiful. The behind the scenes of how they did it is amazing. It's not, I, again, it's not CGI. Yeah. They really did this in almost any part of it. I don't think. Um, but the story of it is also really cute. It's about this woman who's sort of like is, so she's like, okay, I want to do good at this job. And so she's like, I'm, I'm going to make all these spreadsheets and I'm going to like show how we can like do this. And Mm. the manager is just like, uh no, I want you to help that Psyduck, and like she doesn't know what she to do. Like the the rules of being at the resort are basically like be calm and enjoy your life, and like sure. help your friends. And that's like how you are good at the job. And like her unlearning the sort of like type A personality that she's got that's gotten her to this like really bad place in her life is like really cool um Mm. i really like the message of this that it's like work isn't necessarily busy work it's not necessarily like doing something laborious it can be like helping somebody and like figuring out how to like make someone's life better and your life better Mm -hmm. um and that's the whole idea of the show uh is that like work is not real (laughs) (laughs) uh it's kind of awesome and I think it's a really good kids show. And I cannot stress them enough. It's so good looking. <laughs> um, I don't it's know really unbelievable they... to me, like how, how much really good looking stuff you can spin off of Pokemon and how long it took for them to do it. You know, I'm just like, I know. Wh- I, just doing this, like looking at the Pokemon concierge, I was like, I'm going to look at the trailer for Detective Pikachu again, because I remember that looking really cool, too. It's just like unbelievable. It took them this long <laughs> so to good. be like, what if we like put some effort into it? Because every Pokemon game has been like they come up with new characters, but very obviously like, you know, the 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 results dwindle as the generations go on and like the like genius character designs start to become a little bit less exciting, a little bit less interesting. A- and, you know, every yeah, game I think kind there's... of has the same mechanics and whatever. Oh, yeah. And I like... mean, the games are really faltering in terms of like doing anything inventive and honestly, even succeeding on the cool things they do mm-hmm. do as well. Um, but they've, their, their media arm or whatever has really kind of upped their game with detective Pikachu and this, yeah. um, 
the Pokemon card game has actually been really doing really well huh. um, in terms of like the art on those things. And, and oh, that's cool. And those mechanics, uh, which I don't play. Can't get into another card game. Um, <laughs> Just can't be done. I simply wouldn't. Uh, but no, the, the designs on these these Pokemons in this game and in this show are just so cute. They're like mm-hmm. little felted when they're fuzzy and like plastic when they're, you know, scaly or whatever. Um, also, I have to mention, uh, if you are a, a weeb, uh, like a real one, um, uh, Maria Takauchi, uh, plastic love fame, um, does the, uh, theme song <laughs> okay. for the, uh, so if you're a city pop head, uh, if you know who Maria Takauchi is, um, go listen to that theme song. It's really good. And she's a legend. Like she's she's the Mariah Carey of city pop. So hmm. um, really, really, really cool project. Um, I Like I said, it's for kids. Don't expect to be like emotionally invested exactly. But I think it's pretty cool. It's a cute little show and it also just looks really great. Uh, great vibes. Nice. Tell me what you think of it. Tell me what Nico thinks of it. I I'm definitely to gonna be watching this. Um, and then, didn't you have another thing you wanted to talk about or no? Uh, I I wanted to mention I went on another movie podcast called Left of the Projector, and I watched uh the 1971 American neo noir film mm. Clute, directed by Alan J. Pacula. Clute. Um, yes, Clute. How do you spell that? K L U T E. Um, it's, uh, Donald Sutherland plays Clute. Um, so this was, this, I went on a show to talk about the, um, Pacula's Paranoia Trilogy, uh, which is Clute, The Parallax View, and All the President's Men. We've already done All the President's Men on here. Um, I didn't have too much new to say about it. It was (laughs) a good conversation. I recommend people go listen to that. Um, but Clute, I was the one I hadn't seen before. Um, it's a a sort of standard little uh, neo noir. It's just directed really beautifully. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of reminded me of like the Long Goodbye. It kind of reminded me of. Uh, it's definitely similar to Parallax View, um, but it just doesn't have any of like the political undertones that. Uh, I mean, the Parallax View is not an undertone. Uh, and neither is all the president's men. This one is sort of straightforward. It's basically about this guy. He's a PI and his, his friend who was like the executive of a chemical company disappears. Mm-hmm. And they like find these like weird letters of like sexual, like violent sexual nature that he like wrote to some call girl. Mm-hmm. Supposedly but that's what the cops think. And they're like, this doesn't seem like him. I've known this guy for years. So the family hires him to like look into this. So he goes and makes friends, not friends. He goes to like try and talk to this call girl, sex worker named Bree. And she, um, we learn that she has like the psychopath following her. Um, she's been getting weird, like phone calls, um, like that is just breathing and, and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, He's trying to figure out why she's being stalked, what happened to his friend, um, and and if those things are connected. Um, so it's just like a weird mystery murder neo-noir movie. Um, and it's really good. Um, Jane Fonda is incredible in this movie as the as Brie. Um, she has a lot to do. I feel like usually these sorts of characters are just like, oh, I'm a sex worker in distress is usually just like there. But like the movie's mostly about her and like the reasons that she's in the place she is in her life. And she like multiple situations where she talks to her therapist about like what's going on mm-hmm. in in her life. And with this guy, they fall in love. But it, even though he doesn't like talk very much and he's sort of a clute is like a really reserved guy. You kind of get what's going on with them and like feel their relationship more so than movies from this time period. Like, I feel like all the time when I see a new noir movie, like three days of the condor, it's just like, or, um, what's that other one? Um, the eyes of Laura Mars. It always feels like forced in just like, and they fuck or whatever. (laughs) Uh, this one feels really appropriate and her to deal with her stuff 
mm-hmm. uh, like her like emotional problems and like she always wants to leave people because she can't commit to anything and a uh, really interesting little character study with a mystery murder mystery around it um and it's also just it looks fantastic uh great 70s new york movie uh really good i really enjoyed this one nice uh, but I have like a good time. Me and that guy talk a lot about it uh, on that show. So if you want to hear more, check about out that, the other show. Check out the other show. Okay. So now we must talk about it. We have to talk about this kind of. Uh, there's a lot of uh, trigger warnings here. So uh, bitches leave. Bitches leave. Uh, <laughs> uh, so now we're going to talk about our feature presentation. Movies, popcorn. It's time to talk about In the Realm of the Senses, a movie from Japan directed by uh, Oshima uh, from 1976. Wikipedia calls it an erotic art film, which I, I, I think, guess, I think yeah. that's right. Sure. Uh, written, written and directed by Nagasa Oshima. Um, uh, it's about it's about a real life thing that happened uh, in 1936 where uh, <laughs> Sada Abe killed her lover. That's so funny. What? Well, because like I, you, I mean, yeah, I'm sure it's like based on the story where somebody killed. Some, but I'm like, when you said like it's based on a true story, I'm like, of what? Of just like two people who fucked a lot. <laughs> uh, no, uh, it's interesting actually. The the cult the this was like the their Lorena Babbitt. Mm. Um, except it was kind of the opposite reaction. Um, where in 1936, literally one year before the rape of Nanking. Um, while China or Japan is deep in a war um, and like fully going on to fascism, there was a story that happened where this woman accidentally killed her lover by choking him to death and then cut off his dick and was Mm. found with it in her pocket. Um, Uh And the entirety of Japan was like, she did nothing wrong. That's beautiful, actually. What the fuck? He he, he loved he loved her so much that he died for her, and that is and like. And then she cut off his dick because she loved him so much she couldn't leave it or something like. That is the story, and that she the the whole trial was like very publicized, and mm-hmm. and all of Japan was like, "This is a beautiful story. Don't punish her." And she got like a very light sentence. That is wild. So. <laughs> <laughs> so that is the story we're wa- that we watch is their uh-huh. their romance and how their like love got to be that way and how he dies. Um, and that's the story. I mean, the story is that she is a former prostitute, and uh, they he's like a he's like a hotel owner. He owns the hotel, I think, um, that she's working in, and then they have an affair. He's cheating on her with his. He's cheating on his wife with her and then he leaves his wife and they get married and then they just fuck forever. And it gets yeah. more and more intense uh, until uh, they she wants to kill him. She wants to strangle him to death because she loves him so much. Yeah. And then so goes, that's yeah. I mean, that's yeah. Um, that's basically and then she just cuts off his dick and then credits roll. That's interesting too, because it's like the story as as you know the public knows it only starts from that point, uh, and then this is just like okay, and then he dies, and then you guys don't care. That's right. <laughs> That's why at the at the end of the movie, there's like a hard cut to a narrator who's not been in the movie, and it's just like Sada walked around with his dick in her kimono for three days going to different hotels and then was found and that's and you know that story like and that's yeah. what happened and that, the rest this, is this history is, this is the brian cloth of uh japan yeah uh, it's just funny <laughs> <laughs> she's the michael the jordan brian cloth of, of japan yeah um yeah she's the michael jordan of of like cutting off a dick bipolar personality disorder <laughs> sex crimes exactly um yeah, it's just interesting. Like it's the yada yada over the most interesting part of it, probably. And 
in the plot synopsis on Wikipedia, I really like I can't stress this enough to you folks, like three full lines of the Wikipedia uh plot synopsis, which totals uh six seven eight lines so three of the eight lines that they've written on the plot of this movie is what the narrator says just at the end (laughs) (laughs) yes and the other the first three line three lines of the of the wikipedia is the first two hours of the movie Uh (laughs) so much of this movie is not the end (laughs) Uh, which is like the whole point of the movie Mm -hmm. um yeah i really like so then nothing happens, right? Nothing no. happens in this movie whatsoever. The only things that happen are like, she's a former prostitute. She's working at a hotel. The owner of the hotel wants to fuck her. So they start fucking all the time. Then it escalates. Then he dies, right? That's literally it. That's all that happens. Uh, there's no other beats. There's no like moment where they're like, there's like a brief thing where like, you know, she's like pressuring him to leave his wife, but then he just does, you know? And like, it's kind of it. Like they barely leave the rooms that they fuck in. We only very rarely see them doing anything but fucking. Yep. Um, it's a hard one to get your fingers around. I feel. Uh, this. Yeah. Movie. So I don't really you, know. <laughs> had you seen this movie? No. Okay. No, of course I not. hadn't seen this either. Um, this was this is a uh, one of the f- very early Criterion Collection selections that they made. I think the spine number is like under one hundred maybe um Mm -hmm. so i had known about this movie for a long long time um and what i knew of it was it was a sexy movie there's there's real fucking in it um and that's it that's all i knew the spine is 466 so not that early i guess um could have sworn it was earlier whatever not the point um but i did know about this from a long time ago since i was like in high school um and um i never watched it never got around to this one um but i did know that it had unsimulated sex so i was ready for that but i was ready for it to be more i was expecting it to be more passionate more mm-hmm. more something um i think the big my big issue with this movie in terms of actually watching it is that it's an intellectual exercise way more than it is like trying to get a rise out of you. And maybe this is because it's 1976. It's not Mm -hmm. that long ago. No. Um, But I do feel like maybe it's because it's a different culture. Maybe it's because it was like kind of cheap to make. Um, but for for whatever reason, I found this to be very unsexy, even though it's literally fucking. Um, in your letterbox review, uh, you mentioned that you have whiplash thinking about if it's about nationalism and if he's hard enough. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, very yeah, frequent I, thing that I thought about, by the way. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of scenes in this movie where the guy's dick is just not that hard, and you're like, "What am I? What, what are we doing here, folks?" Yeah, when when she when she <laughs> blows him in the in the early yeah, she's sucking him on soft. He's on full he's soft. So so soft, uh, and he comes soft supposedly. Yeah. Uh, don't know what that's about. I've never seen that. Is that possible? <laughs> it's possible. It's not very nice though. <laughs> it, doesn't it doesn't feel very good. <laughs> really. Well, I don't know. Uh, in terms of in terms of culture and like getting a rise out of you and stuff, like you got to keep in mind, nineteen seventy six. Yeah, it's Japan, <laughs> but nineteen seventy six is the year of the Ramones. It's the year of the Sex Pistols. You know, like there is such a thing as culture getting a rise out of you at this point. It's not like we're in like a prudish like ancient era here. I mean, like it's very possible to to provoke people, and it's very interesting how little this movie does actually provoke. Yeah, I'm um, thinking like. Cause like I am curious, yellow is uh sixty seven, um deep throat is seventy two, mm-hmm. um like there's more po- and, and from from what I understand this director was like uh inspired by like movies in America and France that were like sexual but serious um mm-hmm. and wanted to make a movie like that, um I just think. 
I just don't think this movie's very fun to watch. Um, no, it's a real it's a real slog. They're, I, they're, and I really <laughs> never thought I would watch people fucking and and I mean I guess like that's the thing though is that it's like because it's literally just people fucking and it's like you know I'm not I'm not I don't feel much for it. It's not I don't, like, w- I don't watch porn for that long, you know? Like I'm in and out. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a transactional thing and Yeah. I feel like I feel like they I don't know if I'm just desensitized, but it's also not very well shot porn. Like I'm shocked by this, by the way. Yeah, that it's the- not that hard to show a dick going into a pussy. I've seen it many times. <laughs> they don't. They keep like they're they're having them do real unsimulated fucking, but then mm-hmm. not showing it most of the time. And it's like, yeah. why? Why, why am I, I watching it? like yeah. basic missionary shit? Like, why isn't she on top? And like, why aren't we seeing? Like, what is the point of it then? And I think it's just like an actor thing, I guess. But like, visually, this movie is a lot worse than I thought it'd be. I like there yeah. is like some. Like, There's a weird turn that happens about a, in the in the fourth quarter, basically, of the movie, yes. where suddenly. You know, they start wheeling out the good shots. That's you know? right. <laughs> You're like, what the? F- where the fuck was this? <laughs> yeah, they just out of they're... nowhere, just like, by the way, we can actually make a good looking movie. You're like, why didn't you do that for the first? Why have I been watching forty five minutes? <laughs> yes, uh, the movie's only it's only two hours. Like, it's, a, yeah, it's a two hour movie. Um, but it's a. Uh, it feels a little longer than that. It feels flabby because like, I think the scene where they're in the rain and their umbrella has a hole in it so they can see out of it mm-hmm. is like shot really well. The, the scene after he dies and she's like in that empty. That's auditorium. the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. The, the empty auditorium shot is fucking awesome. It's beautiful. It's awesome. It, it, there's, I mean, there's, all these shots, there's a couple shots in the empty auditorium. They all look really good. Uh, yeah. That scene and then right after, yeah, her on top, like standing above his dead body, looks great. Um, yeah, the movie really pumps into high gear in the last like fifteen minutes, <laughs> like twenty minutes, uh, into like looking really good. Definitely has like a French New Wave sort of like. And coincidentally, it's when looking. stuff actually starts happening in the movie, and you're exactly. like, "Oh, thank fucking god, we can get out of this room with you guys fucking." The thing that <laughs> this movie really makes me think of is like, um, it's it's really more about like addiction than anything else. You know, yeah. it's like it, it. You never really get much of them being like giddy and having fun together, and like, you know, like the there's, that, there's some cute moments where he's, there's a few. He's especially very cute and like charming i think his performance is really good uh i i think uh what's his name kichiso yeah Um, but there's not enough of like um like there's a there's a scene where they like go out to like a little food stall and she's like i'll fuck you if i can drink a little bit more like and they're like laughing together and like having a drink and having fun and stuff and it's like I, i feel like we need more of that because otherwise all you're getting is them locked away in a room fucking kind of joylessly and right. like very clinically and it starts to kind of feel like when an addict uh reaches the point where like they don't get high off the drug anymore they just take the drug to avoid the sickness you know it's like yeah, well, it's, it's I, like a you know they're, they're just fucking because that's what they have to do at, at all times you know so so let's from there i guess let's talk about what this movie's about right like this movie seems to be trying to talk about this specific thing that happened in the context of Japan at the time uh, and looking at nationalism and fascism as this sort of like parallel to what's going on in the movie. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like never addressed. Like the movie does not have a single like straightforward. You like line. right at the beginning of the movie, you get a scene where these little boys are running around with, uh, with Imperial Japanese flags and they like throw a snowball at this like homeless man's penis. Yeah. Um, and then you don't see much, you know, to suggest anything is going on in the world except for them until like the, the very end when uh, there's like this one moment where, um, where Kichizo, um, he like walks out of the hotel for a minute and he goes outside and he sees like a march of soldiers and he like kind of like puts his head down and walks past them. 
Yeah, and and that feels really important, and it's also really one of the better looking scenes. Like something happens, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and and I think that there is this. I, I read some like essays. This is a movie people like to think about. Yeah. Um. And I it's I it's really it's really well loved. It's the only way to engage with it. <laughs> uh, exactly. Uh, this movie is really well loved by like film heads. Um. And I think it's because I'm gonna be a little bit, a little bit uncharitable. I think that American film heads like this because it's Japanese. Mm-hmm. It's very sexual, and there it has like stuff to say, um, in a very like artistic way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that when I, when I read the essays about like this is a lyrical film, that's like it's almost like a poem about like about living through this time or whatever. Um, I just think they're watching a different movie. Like, (laughs) it's like, it doesn't, like they're talking about in the mood for love, which is an incredibly beautiful film that is like Mm. so lush and emotional. Um, This movie feels really like stilted to me. It feels very uh, clinical. Yeah. If anything, like, the scene where he comes out and the march is happening past him is almost jarring in a way where it's like, it's not supposed to be, it, it's not supposed to be drawing a parallel between them, but rather a contrast where like he's stepping outside into the light of day for the first time in God knows how long. And he comes out and he's like, Oh, that's right. All this shit's happening out here. Fuck. You know, right. like in there, we're in our little fuck sanctuary, our little temple to each other's genitals, you know, <laughs> like out here, ugh, out here, it's the war, isn't it? <laughs> I just yeah. like, I really, I, I, I can't stress enough. I did not like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, me neither, to be honest. Like, I, you know, I, I do respect it and i think it is interesting mm-hmm. um and i don't i'm it makes me interested in what was happening in japan in 1936 um because i i forget exactly the timeline of like the second sino japanese war uh like before they got into world war Two. Mm-hmm. Um, and why they were fighting with China, but like there was definitely like very growing nationalism, um, and this sort of like fervor, um, among nationalism. I think it's an interesting idea to like take this very specific thing that happened during that time and analyze Japanese culture through that lens, um, problem is is i don't know enough about japanese culture like i was reading i was reading another essay about how like japanese culture especially at the time was like not just valorizing soldiers that died in the war but like literally considering it virtuous and cool to like die yeah yeah, (laughs) Um, yeah. there was like this insane death drive where like i i don't know how orientalist this is but like or how many actual? I've heard weird things about like how many actual kamikaze soldiering like planes there were, but mm-hmm. like that was a thing culturally because Japanese people just had this idea of death as like so cool if you can do it well, you know, like <laughs> if you can pull off a sweet death, yeah, that's like the most cool thing. Like, and so that's a part of why this movie ends the way it does and why people felt the way about uh, Sada Abe that they did. Mm-hmm. So you can go down fun, interesting holes reading about this movie. Does that make the movie good? <laughs> like, not really. Like, I, I don't think it really expresses that. Like, to me, this movie felt a lot like Sallow. Have you ever seen Sallow? No, no, no. I've always meant to, but uh, 120 days of Sodom. This, this movie feels a lot like that because that movie is also explicitly about fascism. Um, but it's like four dudes, four Italian dudes in suits in a mansion, just like torturing children. That's like the, the whole movie. Mm -hmm. They just like torture and rape children. Um, and it's also really hard to watch, but it's violence rather than like sex. 
I feel like this movie could have been better served making it much more passionate and and getting you into like their love and like having it be really cute and fun and like I feel like they just start fucking and he's sort of just like let's fuck now and she's like okay I guess and then yeah. they like and then there's like the only steaminess that there is is the fucking mm-hmm. uh which I, I, feel I mean like- I'll say it, in the beginning I definitely was like there was a couple times where I'm like okay <laughs> right. I might be an enjoy- I might be enjoying myself here a little bit. But yeah, then like it's not terrible. It I feel like the relationship could have built up more though. Mm-hmm. Like I just I keep comparing things to Body Heat because we just watched it. Like there's a good half an hour before they get to fuck. And mm-hmm. then it's like explosive with all like the cat and mouse stuff that they're doing. And they they the this kind of starts pretty quickly where they're just like into it. Yeah. Um I feel like and then because it's a- just so relentless with it, it just kind of like before long, you're just like, I've had enough. I'm full. I couldn't eat another bite. Could you please, <laughs> please do something else? Yeah, exactly. I just, I feel like I want, I want, I wish, I think that the movie could have been structured at least an hour of like buildup and like mm-hmm. him deciding whether he wants to leave his wife and their like passion growing and like, they're fucking like starting 45 minutes in and then like, and then do another half an hour if you need to, of like getting to the sadomasochism, the like, how do I like keep mm-hmm. upping the dopamine of this um, to where it ends in death. I think it could have worked as a ramp up the way it is. It's just, it's so repetitive. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're kind of only left with, you're only with, left with intellectualizing it. Um, and I, I don't think it needs to feel like Sallow. I don't think it needs to feel like a relentless onslaught of like, I'm supposed to feel shocked. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sallow is also more clear about what it's trying to say. You know, like yeah. it's a very specific, like political film. They're, they're outwardly fascists in the movie. And like, they talk about their politics and there's like, it's I think a little overly gross. Uh it doesn't need to be that gross, but uh I respect that movie. Uh for what it's trying to say. Uh this movie, I'm not even sure I really get what it's trying to say. Like mm-hmm. are they trying to say that fascism is a or nationalism is like a a fervor that like eats away at you that you can't like ever satiate? Or are they trying to say that, that is what it drives people to do. Um, are they trying to say that like you, you to get away from this like violence, you have to like sublimate it into like sex that also turns into violence. I'm not sure like what Foucaultian level or Foucault, Foucaultian. I don't know how you say <laughs> Foucault, Ian level they're on Foucaultian it it definitely feels like you can like spin that cube around in your mind with this movie if you want Mm -hmm. uh I just don't know really what you're left with in terms of a a message yeah I just like I I feel like ultimately what I come away from this movie with is just kind of a a reinforcement of my my belief that sex is not worth your time it's just <laughs> like if you could somehow rid your body of the need for sex your life would improve so much you know like cuz ultimately <laughs> like what you're seeing in this movie is the beginning stage of a relationship you know like those early days of a relationship where all you do is fuck all the time the, you're just the constantly NRE. with each other and <laughs> And then eventually you kind of settle into a relationship, right? You figure out like, oh, I'm going to keep my toothbrush at your house because I'm staying here a lot. And then we're going to meet each other's parents and like, you know, maybe plan some event together or something like you have to one day settle into what it's going to be. But at the beginning, when it's this that passionate early, you know, relationship where you're just fucking all the time, like in your head, you think of it as this like momentous and important period where you're just like, oh, my God, we're like we're pushing boundaries. We're like learning all new things about pleasure and whatever. And then like viewing it from an outside perspective, you're just like, these people are just fucking constantly and the same (laughs) way. And I'm just watching them fuck. Yeah. You don't even really get like them trying out like 
tying people up. Well, you get like them, mostly the experiments are like trying to fuck other people. Yeah, the experiments escalate really fast, you know? Like, I, I want to see them like, you know, try some positions, you know, like try out uh, maybe some fucking costumes or something. I don't know, man. Like, do some yeah, scenarios. Yeah, tie each other up like, or like, they, like, they could have had some shibari shit in this movie. No, we just go straight to like they fuck other people, they fuck an old lady to death, and then they try to murder each other. And you're <laughs> yeah, like, then this they is have... just not a realistic escalation. <laughs> yes, it's a, it's a, it doesn't feel realistic because it's not trying to be. It's trying to like have a, it's trying to have a point. You know, I mm-hmm. feel like it's trying to get you to this part of like, okay, now how did they get to this part where she cuts his balls off uh, after she murders him? And it just feels like it's so weird how boring and relentless the middle part is and then how rushed the mm-hmm. ending feels. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to be so harsh on this movie. Like it's like, it's terrible. Like it's, it's, it's an interesting movie and I want to give it its flowers for trying to do something interesting at this time period and how, how bold it was to do it in the face of the censors uh, yes. at the time. Like I, this I mean, guy even had now, to go to court. I, I think you still probably <laughs> like. I, I'm pretty sure still to this day they have to pixelate dicks and vaginas. I do. I think it actually has never been shown, uh, uncensored in Japan. Uh, is what I believe I read somewhere. Yeah. Um, and it's been banned in many many countries. Um, because it is. I don't know if we actually have said this. It is explicit. Like. He oh yeah an, he puts an egg in her pussy for real uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> um but i don't know i i just i didn't feel much from this movie and i feel yeah. like a movie like this especially with how it was built up to me like if you look at the criterion collection uh cover like mm-hmm. so passionate and cool looking uh it's just not that kind of movie it feels like sallow it feels like a a movie that is trying to be a political metaphor that's kind of hard to understand, especially if you don't understand the history and the political situation of the country at the time uh, or the director's like relationship to that. Um, and if you don't know all that stuff, it doesn't feel lyrical or pro, you know, it's not a tone poem. The tone feels very clinical. That was my big issue with that. Like, mm-hmm. I don't mind a movie that's like that. Like if you, uh, if you've seen um, Listener, I'm pretty sure Jeremy hasn't seen The Collector by Eric Romer, um, <laughs> a French New Wave film. Like that is a movie about like a group of people who get a house in the south of France, and then like have a literal two hour long like will they won't they romance that like almost never. Like almost nothing happens in that movie. Very long shots of people just sitting around smoking and looking very French. But sure. that's a very good movie because it feels so it's so textured and, and has all this like it's it's full of vibes. This movie just doesn't have vibes. No vibes. <laughs> like no feels, sauce at all. And, uh, except when it does, which is so dis- is was so disappointing. It's like the scene where he goes outside to and to the and sees the people in the uh, the soldiers is like this dark resonance start to bubble up and you're like ooh something's happening there's moments where they they're going for something and then like every time they're fucking i just felt like i'm just watching the concept of porn mm-hmm. on in like the most boring color palette of all time so I honestly can't really recommend it. Like definitely as a movie. not. I can't even say like not even good Japan. I mean, not even like oh yeah. It you seems know what like I mean? It's like winter when they filmed it, so everything yeah. looks real dour and mm-hmm. and you get one nice scene with some snow and shit. But for the most part, I mean, like you very rarely see outside. Most of the time, you're in a room. It's and like a, it's like one set. You get a couple of shots outside. You get a couple little moments where you're like, ooh, nice Japan. I just wish there was more. You should be giving us a lot more Japan than that. Yeah, especially because it seems like it's so much about, about Japan. Japan. It's like the, and the like, idea is to be about Japan. You got to give us a little bit more Japan than this. Yeah. I'm the, starving for it, for God's what sake. Is the, what is the landscape? What is the tone of the... F- like, I don't know. 
this movie feels like it. What fucking part of Japan are we even in? You know, where are we? <laughs> <laughs> Don't know. Where, like, also, like, what? It's just hard because, like, I don't know. Are they supposed to be rich? He has, like, maids. Is there, like, a class thing going on? That yeah. stuff is just really hard for He's me. He's the owner to, like, of the hotel. That's really all I know. But is it a big hotel? Is it a little hotel? And I feel like, I feel like. Why is they're... he worried about what the geisha thinks? She works for him, doesn't she? <laughs> Someone who really loves this movie, I can imagine being like, well, if you knew about Japanese culture mm-hmm. and if you knew about the history, then it's interesting. And it's like, well, this is what we're talking about with Miyazaki before is like, what's so impressive to. about him is you don't gotta, you don't gotta know a thing about spiritually significant Japanese animals. You just know when you see it. <laughs> and that, I, I, that's a really good point. Like, I think that like, if a good film, a well-made film can get these feelings across and you feel them. Mm-hmm. And, and I always like to mention that Akira Kurosawa once told a journalist, if I could tell you what the movie was about, I would have written it on a sign. <laughs> like, and I love that quote because it's like, when you watch a Kurosawa movie, you, you get it. Like there's, there's a feeling there that he's able to get across. Like, a like I would think of dreams or like ran a lot. Like mm-hmm. there's just like this, really intense emotion to his movies and i feel like this movie is just missing like really what i'm supposed to be feeling because i shouldn't have to read a book or a whole wikipedia or an essay to like like a movie and think it's like interesting so i think just as a movie it kind of fails for an american audience for people like me and people who probably listen to the show i don't think you're going to watch this and be like wow, that was a, a, a great experience. You might be like, what was that? That was kind of interesting. So I can't really recommend you having that experience. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, not getting a recommend out of me. Not a terrible movie, but not recommended. So not recommended. That, that is the ending of Fuck Brewery. Uh, we're ending on a really weird one um, that I wanted to like a lot more than I did. Um but I didn't. Uh, so that's thanks the dark council for choosing that pretty cool month though. I mean, like I really liked the choices. I like that lots of ups and downs. Um, and now we're going to go back to the old classico of director month. And we're going to do a deep dive on Mr. Jim Jarmusch. A man um, who I know, you know, I know his face very well. I've met him in person <laughs> before, uh, but really? I've never seen a single one of his movies. That's good. Um, I really have no fucking idea what you're going to think of this guy. I have uh, no clue. I don't even know what kind of movies <laughs> he makes. I just know I, I met him at the opera. What were and, you seeing? Uh, we'll have to talk about it another time. All right. Um, well, I think what's interesting about this these movies is that they are very, very weird and long and boring, but they're also pretty funny. So I'm not sure how you'll feel about them. I really mm. like some of these. I haven't seen I haven't seen two of these. I have seen I've seen half of these exactly. So no idea how this is gonna go. Um but I'm excited. I'm excited to see more Jarmusch movies because I've You know what like I have seen a Jim Jarmusch movie. I've seen oh, Coffee which one? and Cigarettes. Oh, there you go. How'd you like that? I don't remember. Okay. Well, we'll get to it when we get there. <laughs> um so that's the next month. Uh, we'll be watching Down by Law, Dead Man, Ghost Dog, The Way of the Samurai, and Patterson, um, which I think last two interesting choices. Uh, I always thought Ghost Dog looked like a straight-to-DVD movie. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, don't know what it is. Uh, Patterson also looks bad to me, so excited to see him. Um that's the show though thanks for listening to generation loss if you'd like to hear more of our show you can go listen to talk about uh who we'd like to fuck and marry and kill over at the patreon uh you can also hear us do rankings bonus episodes you can talk we're we're watching fargo this month that's right we we are i don't know if we fucking uh, announced that fargo one fargo uh, one i have a, not watched an episode of it yet another kind of weird upset which no one was talking about fargo uh and then all of a sudden everyone voted for it yeah. um so i've seen a little of it now i, I i'm part, part of the way through the season 
it's longer than the boys. Uh, <laughs> so we better get to it. Shit. Um, uh, yeah, this I this was kind of my fault. I I got fell behind on facilitating the poll. Um, you do have to be in the Sopranos tier on Patreon to nominate and vote in the poll, uh, or or higher. You can be in the Dark Council. Um, so uh, we did it too late, and so we might be a little late on this one as well. Uh, but hey, maybe we can power through a season of TV in one week. We'll see. <laughs> we'll, we'll I've go. got a lot to do. <laughs> <laughs> we will see. Probably, probably two weeks from now. Um, but we'll get there. Fargo, hearing it's good. Uh, not feeling it so hard yet, but uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, so thanks so much for being here. That's the Patreon plug. Go over there hang out with us in the discord follow us on twitter at jen lost pod follow us individually from there uh subscribe to jeremy's youtube which he is now uploading stuff on again uh jeremy thunder new city skylines series about japan That'll that's be right um <laughs> uh, i've got a record coming out in three days from now i believe so uh i'm very excited about that go pre-order the record listen to the songs very exciting times. Until next time, though. That's movies. movies. Oh